Welcome to The Emily Osmond Show. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, an online marketing educator, leader of an incredible global community of female entrepreneurs and a content creator based in Melbourne, Australia. This show is designed to bring you practical strategies and candid real stories of entrepreneurs to help you make marketing, mindset and money your superpowers. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. Now, have you ever had the idea of selling your business? Has that ever crossed your mind? But maybe you're not quite sure how to go about it or even where to start. Or maybe you've actually long been thinking about putting your business up for sale and you'd just love to hear from someone who has first-hand experience. Well, in today's episode, I'm joined by the incredible personal branding photographer, Prue Aja. Prue has photographed some of Australia's most famous and most loved people, and chances are you've seen some of her work. But what you might not realize is that before Prue became the photographer she is today, she ran a successful children's party business. And now on today's episode, Prue is sharing the process of selling her small business, what she'd wish she'd known right from the start when she was setting it up and her biggest advice to you if you're looking to do the same. Now, make sure you listen to the end because I couldn't have Prue on without delving into a couple of other topics. She just has so much wisdom and so much to share. And I asked Prue about her daily practices and her ritual that helps her achieve big success in her life and her business. Connect with Prue Aja at Prue Aja, which is Prue, P-R-U-E, Aja, A-J-A dot com. And on Instagram at Prue underscore Aja underscore photography. Now let's get into the episode. Well, hi, Prue. Great to sit down with you on this uh, cozy day inside. We've just been on a little walk, which is lovely, and um, I'm excited to chat with you. So do you want to do an introduction to who you are? Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me on here today. My name is Prue Aja, and I'm a personal branding photographer. Um, I work with people to create consistent, empowered images to really put themselves out there to the world Mm -hmm. and you've shot some incredible leaders as well do you want to actually just spill a few of those uh so a few amazing people that are photographed and do work with regularly are kemi nekvapil um, who i've been working with from the very beginning of my career Uh, i photographed nicole kidman for business chicks and also quinton bryce as well for the cover of latte magazine so I'm very fortunate in meeting all these amazing people and learning about them and having a deep connection with them and really capturing their spirit. So Prue, I'd love to hear what you are listening to or reading to or watching right now before we kick off the official interview. Well, after COVID, I've had lots of listening and watching and reading time. I've been reading The Untethered Soul, which is all about understanding the voices that are in your head and what's in your mind and what's your actual conscious and who's speaking and who to listen to. Mm. Um, I've been listening to why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. I felt it was really important for me to actually stop and listen now and learn Mm. and really get a clearer understanding of what's been happening in the world for so, for our whole history really. Mm. And I really enjoyed watching Money Heist on... (sighs) 
Netflix. It's absolutely incredible. And not many people in Australia have watched it. <laughs> Literally, I... last night someone was telling me about that because I was telling them the type of things I like to watch. And they were like, have you watched Money Heist? But oh, no, I haven't yet. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm very picky about <laughs> what I watch. So I highly recommend it. Have you watched, just on that topic, have you watched Bloodline? No. On Netflix. That's one I feel no one really talks about. I loved it. It was really good. I feel sometimes if it hasn't got a good name, yes. I don't really want to watch that. Money Heist doesn't sound like a good name, but it's actually a Spanish show. So Yes. Um, and what? make sure you watch it in Spanish subtitles, mm. not oh. in the English Oh, overlay. really? Yep. 100%. But, so how do you understand it then? Oh, you read... No, sorry. <laughs> it's in Spanish watching the English subtitles. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be following that show. Okay, I'm glad we um, yeah. worked that one out. So, Prue, currently you run your photography business and you also have a studio, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but you didn't start off there in the business world. Tell us about your first foray into business, what that looks like and I guess how it all came about. Yeah, sure. So I've always actually worked as a freelancer. So I was a fashion stylist in my earlier career, in my 20s. And when I moved to Melbourne to study photography, a few things were happening at the same time. I found out that I was pregnant. I was starting a new career. I was always passionate about photography, so I knew that was my next big step. And while studying, I obviously needed a job to support me through doing that. And after applying for a few jobs and then finding out that I was pregnant, I didn't get hired. So that was when I made the point that I swear I would never work for anyone ever again and I'll carve my own way through life. And that was over 10 years ago and I still haven't worked for anyone since then, except for my clients, of course. I started a kids party business called Pretty Little Things. So it was jewelry making parties for kids aged six to 12. And we would go to their home and host a party and they'd make these beautiful jewelry and learn new skills and be for their friends and chatting. And it was a really gorgeous business. So from that, I trained other people to go and run the parties mm -hmm. for me and I scaled it to Sydney as well. So I had that for five years. How did you first get that off the ground? Did it start with friends or how did you first get it out there? Well, I didn't have any friends with kids. <laughs> so many friends. And I actually didn't have any friends because I moved to Melbourne without yes. knowing a soul. So we had no friends or family here. Wow. And it actually started with a free ad on Gumtree. And because we literally had no money, I was studying. I also got jewelry from an op shop and used the oh beads from that. Gosh. So very, very, I think I had a hundred dollars, which I bought the tools with. Yeah. And so from each party, I would put about 50% back into the business mm -hmm. and buy new materials. And then eventually found suppliers overseas and would buy things in bulk. And it just grew organically that yeah. way and each, I would always invest back into the business. Wow. What other marketing did you start doing after that? So this was before Instagram. Facebook was yeah. really happening then actually yeah. with the kids, kids clothing yes. and that. So I had a Facebook page and I also advertised on Kidspot, oh, which yes. was a, one of the biggest online directories in Australia. Yeah. So that was a big investment for me at the time. I think it was about $150 a month. Yeah. And when you're only bringing in a few grand a month, it was mm. quite a lot of money. But 
then I found about 80% of my income came through that. Yeah, and wow. then Instagram started and so I started posting on there. I had someone managing it actually because at the same time I was studying. <laughs> I had a baby. I had the business. I was still running some of the jewelry parties myself. So yeah. there was a lot going on. Oh my gosh. How did you find the people to run the parties? That's a really good question actually because... I wasn't too keen on posting an ad Mm. to hire people and receiving hundreds of Mm. CVs. So what I actually did, going back to Gumtree, feels so 90s Gumtree, (laughs) I actually found people who were looking for nanny work and babysitters. So firstly, I knew that they were good with kids. They would have on their profile on Gumtree Mm. all of their experience, their references, if they've got a license. So it just cut everything down. And then I would email them and go, hey, I'm not looking for a babysitter, but I've got this great opportunity. And I paid them really well, like probably too well. (laughs) In the beginning, I was paying them 50% of the value of the party. So they were getting a commission. So I've got a thing where I always want to make sure I pay people well, Mm. pay them on time. But after doing my tax, I was like, oh, maybe I don't need to pay them that much. (laughs) It was like literally $100 for two hours work. Yeah, they'd be pretty happy. (laughs) And I was like, well, you know, they have to drive there and they've got to do the party and I want to pay them for, you know, at least half their day's work and realize actually I probably didn't Mm. need to pay them that much. So... What a great idea of how to find those perfect people to work for you. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I don't like having lots of emails in my mm. inbox. So I thought if I actually find them yeah. that way, it would be yeah. much better. And same now with my photography business, I actually go back to my lecturers at uni and say, do you have any students mm. that you really recommend that yeah. would be good assistants to work with me? Mm. yeah so how long were you then basically did you have the party business because you did of course go on to sell it so what stage did you think about selling it and was that something that you thought of right from the start I definitely didn't think of it from the beginning and I really wish I had because in the beginning I was doing it out of the fact that I really needed to make an income and just quickly start something up And it was about three years into the business and my photography business was really starting to pick up. So Mm -hmm. I was finding my income was about 50-50 from both. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have the capacity to grow my photography business while having it still. I was also finding I'd come home from a shoot and someone would call me and say, hey, I want to organize a six-year-old's birthday party. And my heart just wasn't in Mm. it anymore. Yeah. I just kind of felt I wasn't excited and passionate Mm. about it. I was excited if someone called me and they wanted to do a photo shoot for their business. It's such a good sign, isn't it? Like, you can can kind of tell. Mm. You really need to listen and your heart heart always knows. Mm. So it was... Probably, yeah, three or four years into the business and I was actually doing some coaching with Kemi Nekvapil and Mm. I was so torn of what to do because my accountant was saying, it's such a good business, it's scalable, you know, you can just get someone to manage it for Mm -hmm. you and it can grow itself, but it still takes your emotional Mm -hmm. energy. It was a baby. It was a baby that I'd birthed just before my daughter and... Even just training someone to completely mm. run a business takes a lot of time mm. and then you want them to feel as passionate about it as yeah. you are. So 
Kemi really pushed me and said, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And when are you going to stop it? And yeah. Said, All right. By <laughs> the end of financial year this year, I'm going to sell it. I had three months to sell it. Wow. Yeah. And she's like, well, she asked, she goes, are you just going to close it or are you going to yeah. sell it? I said, I'm going to sell it. And she goes, and when are you going to let all your contractors know? And I said, today. And she goes, so what are you going to write? So I wrote to them straight after and said, hey, I'm going to be selling the business by the end of financial year. I yeah. just wanted you to know your position will still be there. Yeah, wow. Um, and so I think when you have that push mm-hmm. and that sense of urgency, you're like, okay, right, let's make things happen. Yeah. I had previously been trying to sell it mm-hmm. and I had a buyer and they were going on and off for yeah. a month and just wasting my time. And also mm. I wasn't putting energy into the yeah. business, growing it too. Cause I thought, Oh, it's going to sell. Yes. I don't need to really push it right now. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I really regret that. Mm. So how did the sale come about? So I realized I had a database of nearly a thousand parents yeah, wow. and mums and also being a part of all these mums Facebook groups mm. as well. And I thought I need to stop treating this like such a big deal. It's not yeah. a big thing. I asked my accountant how to sell it and didn't get much help. I was looking at people to help me sell it and there really isn't anyone out there so that I found. Mm. I think because it wasn't a massive company, yeah, I didn't need, you know, an, a a broker because this is the thing I would have no idea I wouldn't know where to start I feel like there'd be a lot involved what did it look like so when I actually just went right I'm selling it let's make this happen Mm. I thought okay treat it like a product so Mm. I created a landing page with information and said if you're interested in buying it please register your interest below. And so yeah. I'd register their interest and I created like a five page prospectus, I guess you could say That's document so smart. that I sent to them. And then I had maybe about five people come back to me and say, yep, I want to buy it. Wow. And so then I sent them the heads of agreement. Mm-hmm. So you can actually download this online. Yeah. Just buy What's it called? Heads of agreement. Heads of agreement. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I seriously just Googled it and like all this stuff myself. <laughs> and I said, the first person that comes back to me with this signed gets the business. And I told them all that there were lots of other people interested. And a woman came wow. back and a week later we were at the law firm signing a sale of business. Mm. And that was pretty much it. So I, I advertised it to my database and I advertised it on the Facebook groups and then they just went through my sales funnel to the landing wow. page to get the document. Yeah. The amount of money then, what did that look like for you? Did it feel like a big amount that then would, I don't know, set you up for next year or was it like, okay, I'm happy to have a little bit of money from what I've created? Did it give you more space to then build your photography business? What kind of impact did the sale then have on your on your new business and on your life? Well, firstly, it was a huge weight off my shoulders mm. because I was carrying that and just going, what do I do with this business that's happening and working and going along and yeah. people are relying on this income? So that was the first relief. But working mm. at how much to sell a business oh for was really, really hard and I had to do a lot of research. Mm. And it does come down to a little bit of how much you feel you want to sell it. Yeah. The main thing is... You ideally want to know two or three years before you want to sell your business okay? because you want to show that it's got growth over the previous three years. 
it's also an average of the last three years profit. Okay. So say your business profit. And yours was only three years old, so. Well, it was five years old by the time I sold it. Ah, sorry. So yeah. I, I had that feeling that I needed okay. to sell and I wasn't passionate about it for two years. Wow. Okay. Um, it's kind of like a relationship <laughs> to an end and you're like, I don't know if I need this to This isn't good up. for me. Yeah. So all that stuff going on in my head, I wasn't very quick at making decisions. So yes, yeah, so, so then selling it and the amount of money and how do, how much to sell it for? Okay, so it's the average of the previous three years yeah. um, profit and then you can add a multiple on it. So if it's showing yeah. a certain amount of growth, it might be two times that amount. Mine was just one times because it was a okay. pretty steady growth. Yeah, it wasn't cool. a huge business. And on top of that price, you then add all your assets. So this is all your branding, mm. your logos, your photography, your website. That all costs you money. So it can mm. be anywhere from 10 to 50 grand. Yeah. And then you've also got your Instagram following. Yes. So that has a value too. Mm. So there's a ratio mm. to work that out exactly to how much that is. Yeah. And your database, that is huge. So one person was going to buy the business just for the database. Wow. He had a um, kid's soccer business and he wanted to literally didn't care about the business, just wanted the database. So it shows how much value is in that. And I'm not sure the legalities around selling the database (laughs) as well to someone. So true, true. Actually, yeah, Mm. (laughs) I'm looking back on that. Lucky I didn't sell it to him. (laughs) Um, I actually sold it to someone that had booked a jewelry party to her friend. Her friend um, who was working in corporate wanted to leave and do something different. And Ah. yeah, she was a mum as well. And actually, have you ever regretted the sale? Was there anything you look back and wish you did differently? I haven't regretted it at all. I'm really actually quite proud yes. of selling a business from starting from absolute zero. The only thing I regret is probably having a plan in place to sell it. So really pushing for its growth those previous mm. two years and I could have sold it for a lot more. Yeah. But the sale helped me buy a lot of new equipment for mm. my photography business it really gave me a good head start for that I also added on an extra five grand just so I could have a holiday yes (laughs) but that five grand is just for a holiday for me and yeah it was Mm. there was no other regrets it felt really good and I've got the itching now to create something new again that I can sell so let's talk about that because now you have, I guess, two different facets to your business. You've got your photography work and then your studio as well. Yeah. Now running these businesses, have you set these up to sell or what has that looked like for you? So that was a tricky thing when I had the other business, my accountant said, well, look, your photography business is your name and it's you and you won't be able to sell that. Mm. So it's actually more of a liability. Whereas when you have a business under its own business name and it's its own entity, it's actually an asset. So if you're going to get a loan for something, Mm. it adds to your assets. With my photography business, I decided I want to keep it me. It's a big part of who I am. Mm. It's my lifelong passion. It's my personal brand. So there's no way I'd want to sell it because there's also bits of it that I want to grow and evolve as well on the side I've got my photography studio which has its own business name Studio Mm. Northcote and that's almost as big as what my kids party business was really through that I've got a little co-working space and 
I've been wanting to make time to set up offering photography services mm. through that. So really simple things like event photography, product, headshots, so stuff that doesn't yeah. need my creative direction. And then yeah. I can actually contract other photographers to come in and do. Yeah. I've been torn whether I want to create a whole other agency and another branding or just keep it under that name. Yeah. But um, I've got that on the side as well. Mm, very cool. So what advice, Prue, do you have for people who might be considering or maybe even just having listened to this episode, newly considering, actually, my business is something that I could potentially sell. What would you suggest they start looking at? So I guess it's always good to have in mind of keeping your business as an asset. And that means your back end, your systems and processes need to be super crystal clear and laid out. So you could literally hand it over to someone, they open up, like for example, I had all my business files on Google Drive. It was broken down into folders, systems and processes, marketing, photos, client details, all that stuff's in one place and step-by-steps of how to actually do each process within the business. So a lot of clarity around that and also contracts between you and your contractors Mm. or your licensing, your insurance, everything just needs to be in place Mm -hmm. and really well laid out and organized. Yeah, that makes sense. So everything documented basically and yeah, very organized. And I can imagine that makes it so much easier for someone looking at buying it. They know what you actually have and what's what's locked in. And keeping your books tidy, Mm. you know, having a bookkeeper for at least a year before Mm. you want to sell it. So your books are completely crystal clear. They can see the profit and loss, the growth, your projections and know that they're buying something that they can step into, run it and grow it themselves. I love it. It'd be actually really exciting kind of buying a business, I think, especially your party business. I think that would be like lucky buyer. It sounds awesome. Oh, definitely. I had it all set out and laid beautifully for them, ready Mm. to go. And it was a really fun business to do. It was really rewarding, you know, seeing these little kids' faces at the end of the day and the beautiful jewelry that they had created that they're going to cherish forever, hopefully. Yeah. So, Prue, I know that in more recent times, it hasn't always been an easy ride, as I don't think it ever is. Yeah. (laughs) What's been a big challenge that you've been through in your business? So, I realized I'd been going nonstop for about eight years Mm. and with running two businesses, raising a child, growing my photography business. And in 2018, my body just said no more yeah you can't keep doing this you can't keep pushing yourself this way and you need to learn self-care and it was a very frightening time I was like is this a burnout is Mm. this chronic fatigue is there something wrong with me what's going on and it was quite terrifying Mm. and looking back I feel like it was a real awakening because it made me stop and Mm. check in with with where I was at and what was going on and how I could implement more self-care into my daily life yeah what did it actually look like for you in terms of how you were feeling because I I think we've spoken about this before and you said you were just so exhausted yeah so I was waking up every day with achy muscles and joints it felt like I'd run a marathon the day before or done a really heavy workout and just really exhaustingly tired Mm. like beyond what you can ever imagine with yeah. tiredness if I had a shoe on I would have to really 
pump myself up before it. Yeah. I'd go and do the shoot and then I'd literally fall asleep for oh two gosh. hours afterwards. It was really hard to run a business, be a good parent, mm. be a friend and keep on top of everything while mm. feeling like that and also not knowing how long it would go, th- yeah. go for. So it was quite a journey going to um, Chinese medicine doctors, yeah. doctors, naturopaths, yeah, and mm. trying to work out what was actually wrong with me. Did anyone manage to give you answers? No one had a clear answer and I had to do a lot of research on my own and I kept labeling it with things, but I think it was a whole lot of things mm. altogether. I think when you push your body to a certain point, it affects all your organs. Yeah. And I did have glandular fever when I was younger, which means you've got an Epstein-Barr virus, which lives in your liver. Mm. So if you get really stressed, it can actually trigger it oh and send your body just a bit crazy. Yeah. And it lowers your immune system. So I was getting colds and flus. I was getting all sorts mm. of weird things happening with my body. So that was part of it. And then I did some other tests and found out that I actually had a parasite. Oh my gosh. So, I remember you saying this. Yeah. I'd been to Bali the year before and also Uganda and Zanzibar. So it could have been from any of those countries, mm. but I have a feeling it was definitely from Bali because I was very sick after mm. coming back from there. And this parasite had just made itself at home and literally overtaken my body. And that was a part of everything just breaking Mm. down. So I had to do a cleanse and to get rid of that and just be really conscious of what I was eating and that I was resting and that I was exercising. So I gently had to bring exercise back into my Mm. life. I could barely even do a yoga class before without having a sleep afterwards. Yeah, it was horrible. So I started walking every day and then doing weight training and I'm still not at full strength again, Mm. but I do, yeah, feel a lot better. Yeah. What does your daily practice or routine look like now? So I try my best to get up at 6am every day and that allows me a couple of hours before my daughter wakes up and gets ready for school. And this just allows me to move really slowly. Mm. So get up, make a nice herbal cup of tea, pat my dog, sit down and do a meditation. So I do Vedic meditation, Mm. which is a 20 minute meditation with a mantra, which I do twice a day, most days. Sometimes it's only one in the morning. And then I'll take my dog for a walk. And then it just allows me to have headspace Mm. and just be really present and in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably the most important thing. Yeah, I life. am so guilty of not doing that at the minute. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you wake up later, you just have to jump straight into work and then yeah. it's go, go, go yeah. until nighttime and then you just feel like collapsing. And... It's so funny because I heard someone else speaking about this, I think on a podcast or something. And I have been through periods when I have been regularly meditating and it's been like amazing. It just feels so good. But lately, or actually probably for the last year, um, (laughs) I just haven't been doing it. And sometimes I'm like, right, let's do it. And I sit down and I'm like, oh, hang on, I want to go do that. And I start thinking of things and I'm like, okay, I'll just write them down. And then somehow find myself just like wanting to implement them straight away. But anyway, I know how amazing it feels when you're actually when it is a practice when you keep doing it yeah and sometimes it's really hard to do you're like oh there's so many other things I'd rather do right now and I don't know why the best things for you in life are the hardest things to do sometimes I know 
something I've started doing recently since seeing an Ayurvedic doctor is doing breathing exercises. Mm. So I use the Insight Timer app. Um, and I use the timer in there with the oh, singing cool. bowls. Yeah. I've got a three-minute one and a 20-minute one. So the three-minute one, I'll do alternate nostril breathing, ah, yes. which is a yoga breathing exercise. And also, it's like a fire in the belly breathing where you use yep. your stomach muscles to breathe in and mm. out. So I do either one or both of those for three minutes each. Mm-hmm. And that just calms your mind so much and just puts you in a meditative state so then you can meditate and really feel in it Mm. and thoughts are always going to come and go in your mind and how I picture them as a teacher once told me is waves so waves Mm. of thoughts so you know allow it to come in acknowledge it and then they'll go back out to the ocean and also knowing you know you get lots of amazing ideas Mm. while you meditate this is the thing and then I'm like Oh my God, I've got to go do it now. Yeah. So you want to write it down or put it in your phone or something, but you need to remember it's always there. It's going to be there. It's just showing itself and at the right time it will come to you. So Mm. we don't need to hold everything in our brain all at once. Yeah. It's so good. There's actually one last thing I want to ask you about because I think this is one of your superpowers as well is manifestation and mood boarding. Oh, yes. Can you just tell it? Because we were, um, like I said, we've just been on a walk and you were talking about one of your mood boards and how there's been a lot of things on there that have pretty much come to fruition. Yeah. And I know that you run some classes, some workshops as well about mood boarding. How do you kind of do this practice and what does it look like for you in terms of what it's helped you create in your life? So I've always been a big believer in having goals and knowing what you want in life because what's the point of just kind of floating through and allowing life to happen to you Mm. when you can choose what you want to happen? Yeah. So when I left school, I had goals for the next 10 years. And Mm. by the time I was 26, I was like, oh, I've achieved all these goals. Mm. Now what's next? And that's actually when I felt pregnant. They're like, okay, uh, now it's time for you to have a baby. Just um, throw that one at you now. Yeah, so that was when I also decided that it was time to follow my dreams to become a photographer. Mm. So I've always had goals down. And then I learned about vision boards oh, probably when I was a teenager as well, really. Mm. And it comes from writing down my goals and then finding pictures that resonate with those goals. Yeah. And putting them on a vision board. So you mm. can do this now. It's great with Pinterest. I love my Pinterest boards. Yeah, my I have like goal boards on there for each yeah. year. I've got probably about 100 different yeah. boards on my, <laughs> my dream house, my beach yeah. house, my, you know, yes. my next holiday, holiday mm. inspiration. And I've got my daughter into it now. And we've got a trip planned to Japan when things calm down. So mm. she's really excited about finding all different things that we can do together in Japan there. But what's really important is actually printing out the photos. Mm. So you can just take it to Kmart or somewhere and actually print out the photos and put them on a board because then when you Mm. visually see it, it's like your body knows it already exists. So it has nothing better to do than actually bring it into your life Mm. and physically attract it. Mm. Now, it's not always exactly what the picture looks like, even though in that movie The Secret... They, I think I they manifested a that. house. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and it was the exact house that she had on a vision board, oh which is kind of crazy. But I've realized how much you need to really dream big yeah. because 
you can attract anything into your life that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. It's really important to actually make time in your year, once a year or twice a year. I find January is the best time for me to visualize what I want my year to look like and what I want my life to look like in 10 years from now and and bring it all in. And it doesn't have to be perfect. It could be Mm. something really small. But having that vision, it just gives you more purpose and clarity into your daily life. Yeah. Is what I'm doing taking me a step closer to where I want to be. Mm, So true. And I find as well, I don't really know how to explain this, but it's almost as though acting and just believing as though I already have it. Yeah. As well. Acting as though or believing as though and feeling as though I have kind of like the business that I want. Yes. Definitely. And it comes down to feeling as well. Yeah. So if you want this amazing car, mm. it's not just the car. It's like, how is that mm. car going to make you feel? Yeah. So I generally don't have material things on my vision board. It's mm. more adventures and people yes. and feelings and yeah. how I want to feel. Mm. And you can actually just so step true. into that and bring you start that into, feeling it. Yeah. yeah. Bring it into your meditations. I actually remember a coach once um, took me through a technique and said, what does your life look like in a year from now? How, if you're visualizing yourself, how are you standing? What are you wearing? Mm. How are you speaking? How's your hair done? Like going down to every little detail and then actually stepping into that person and being that person. So I've got a vision. You can also do it for 10 years from now, like what your house looks like, what your bedding looks like, what can you smell? Who's Mm. around you? what happens throughout your day. And it's quite a powerful thing to do, Mm. writing a day in the life of yourself 10 years from now. So I'm looking at doing your scalable program so I can actually create an online business program for photographers and creatives. I've learned so much over the years and I feel like I've got a lot to share to other creative people who are so good at being amazing artists and photographers Mm. and illustrators but I'm really into the business skills behind it and how to grow your business. So I want to start that and also one-on-one business coaching as well. So Mm -hmm. to help people sell their business or grow their business or know who their audience is and create their packages and be really clear on what their offering is. Mm. And I can totally see you doing that. I know that it's, yeah, you've got so much to offer to other people too. Oh, thank you. Watch this space. (laughs) Thanks so much. Yeah. I love chatting to people about business. So yeah, reach out. Prue, thank you for sitting down with me. I know that um, chatting about selling a business is going to be super interesting and helpful for people, but I knew as well that there's so much to chat about with you. You're just like so interesting. And yeah, I just love our chats and everything else that we've spoken about. So thank you so much. Where can everyone go to find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Prue Aja Photography. There's links to my website and you can get in touch with me through that as well. Awesome. And send Prue a message. Let her know that you listened as well. All right. We'll chat soon, Prue. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Emily Osmond Show brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.